Causing the Effect, a podcast focused on the exploration of your mind, body, and spirit. Yo, what is going on, Cause and the Effect community? Welcome to another episode to my YouTube followers, the new people. Shout out to you. Welcome to one of my favorite guests and one of the best people I know, Dr. Michael Nuccitelli. Dr. Nooch is a psychologist, creator, you know, dark psychology. We're going to get into all this. Um, if you like psychology, you like looking at it from more of a, a tech standpoint, more of an information age standpoint, this is the guy to listen to. Hit the like, subscribe, all that good stuff before we get into it. But Dr. Nooch. What's going on, my friend? Oh, good day to everybody. Uh, and what a day here in Brooklyn. Can you be right now? Well, I'm in uh, Sheepshead Bay. So down here, it's I just checked 67 degrees. It's incredibly it's, gorgeous. It's it's like not sweater weather anymore. I just got my hair cut and it, it's hot. <laughs> and um, everybody who knows me knows I'm from Brooklyn. Dr. Nooch is literally I could throw a golf ball and hit him. So another Brooklyn guy. Um, we usually I really like interest in this topic today because we're going to be talking about information age wellness, and I will let the mastermind describe this, and we'll get into it. But I'm super excited for this one, Doctor Nooch. So I'll let you take the floor. Okay. So well, before we get into, and again, thank you, Scott. I'm, I'm always honored to come on your show. Oh, yeah. um, it's, you're just an incredible host. So thank you. So I'm going to read because you are actually the the first individual, the first host that I've ever presented information age wellness to. Now, when I presented in Colorado and Vermont during to the Psychological Association, I talked about a little bit, but you're the first that I'm going to present this to and actually introduce the idea. So I'm going to read just one sentence, the definition, because as I said, I normally don't talk about this, but it's so important. So Information Age Wellness explores how information technology influences people's physical, psychological, perceptual, and spiritual well-being in relation to self-preservation and humility. So that's what we're going to talk about today is we're living in the information age, but how does it affect the, the, the person who is a yoga uh, instructor, uh, somebody who's engaged in fitness, the folks that are, are engaged in your show that follow you, that listen to you, that go to Dolphin Fitness, which is by you, you know, um, is how do they, you know, interact? How do they deal with the fact that we live in the information age? Beautiful. And this is such an interesting topic because as life has gotten quicker, life has gotten more emotional, it feels like. And it feels like everything in the world has been built for us to be like more consumer and buy this and get mad at this and go through this. And I just think we, you know, we've, we've kind of discussed this on a, on a high level. Um, and I think getting down to this nitty gritty of like, who, what, where, and, and how this is going to um, affect everybody is interesting. So where, when did you start kind of contemplating this whole information age well, wellness? Idea? Well, it actually, uh, thank you for bringing that up. It's, boy, it's like we practice. I, I, it's so easy, Dr. News. It really let's is. Go, let's go back a decade, 2012. I'm coming out of my doctor's office. 
Uh, this is back when I was living up in the Hudson Valley. I'm, as you know, down here in Brooklyn. I come out and I come to a stoplight and his, his uh, practice was right across the street from a huge high school. And it was after, you know, uh, school. And there were approximately, again, I came to a light, a long light. And as quickly as I can, I counted about 23 uh, kids sitting in a group. Of the 23 people, again, I may not be exact, but I'm close. I counted 17 of them, Scott, were doing what? Not talking to one another and, you know, talking about girls. And, On the phone. Yeah, yeah, you know, they were, you know, looking at their mobile device. Mm-hmm. Now, this is 10 years ago. This is 2012, 2013, when these children, I hate to say children, but they were freshmen, sophomore, juniors, seniors, I'm assuming, all sitting there looking at and typing their mobile device. And that really hit me because when I was that age, obviously we didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have the iPhone. The, we didn't have any of that. Um, and we were con- we were talking to one another. We were joking around doing, you know, somersaults, kidnapping. But, ne- but that is when it really hit me. And it made me realize how everything is changing. So when we talk about the information age, we've brought this up before, the information age, supposedly, it's a period of history, just like the industrial age and the bronze age since the beginning of human civilization. But the information age began, they're saying about the end of the 1970s, the birthday of the internet is supposedly 1983. So when this, when I noticed this 10 years ago, seeing all these kids literally obsessed, um, it got me not so much concerned, but it got my, my started thinking. And that's when I started thinking, you know, how many of these kids are playing ball? How many of these kids are actually asking, you know, a girl out on a date face to face, as opposed to maybe texting. And again, this was 10 years ago. And that's when the light bulb went off about information age wellness. Um, back then, even now, I've always been fascinated learning about, you know, Eastern philosophy, Eastern religion, in addition to all religious dogma. And that is when I came up with and wrote Information Age Wellness, which is thinking about how information technology affects cognitive, affective, behavioral, perceptual, our, our spiritual well-being, how we look at our, our physical, our body how we all of that relates to information age wellness. And that's why I thought I'd bring it to you. No. And, and, and I appreciate this so much. I think we're hitting something here. Like there's a crack opening of why is spirituality becoming such a thing in my life? And it's popping up everywhere now. And there's all of a sudden we got these Brooklyn kids coming up to me, the gym, Scott, there's just something about this. People, people email me, Dr. Nooch, and they say, I feel like you're saying stuff that like, is just needed, but it's almost like I knew this already and I just need to know more. And and I think, and you could tell me if you agree or disagree, the attention is where managing our attention is, is the key to this whole process. Because back in your day, you're talking to a girl on the telephone. That is that simple, right? Now you have social media, you have apps, you have uh, your phone, you have all these different things and being able to, yeah. And being able to manage this, um, I think is going to be pro being able to proactively manage your attention is going to be a key. So being able to your hobbies, your interests, relationships, they all thrive on attention, right? So being right. able to focus this in the right way. Um, Cause right. I see that the attention span is getting smaller. I see that we're kind of a little bit more, I, I think more kids, my age are more 
like well-rounded and nuanced, but with that, you have to be able to manage your attention correctly. And what I think social media and, and all these other things are trying to do is get you just to kind of jump on theirs because it's a monopoly and they want you to make money and all this. So this is why people, maybe it's not spirituality. It's more of a, because what, what is meditation? What is the Eastern well, philosophy? Medita- again, well, spirituality, most yeah. and obviously it's a clue. Most people think spir- spirituality requires religious dogma, requires yes. one to subscribe to a religion, Catholic, Jew, whatever it may be. Now, obviously, spirituality does include religion, but that is only a small piece of the total pie of spirituality, okay? Spirituality is big picture, you know, gestalt, gestalt, the big picture, okay? What did I just say in the definition of information age wellness is self-preservation, which we can talk about in a little while, but most importantly, which is very much part of spirituality is humility, to be humble, to be respectful to others. You can be, okay, you can be a theist, which is one who believes in God. You can be agnostic, one who doesn't know whether God exists or not. You can be atheist and and believe in your heart that there is no such thing as God. Whatever, whether you're theist, agnostic, atheist, you can still be spiritual. So believing in a God, having a religion has nothing to do with spirituality, okay? Meditation, yoga, Pilates, some people who, you know, who run feel they're having a a, a spiritual moment. We were just talking before we uh, started recording. I just learned about here in Brooklyn, uh, Coney Island Boardwalk, also called Regalman Boardwalk. And Scott, and to your your viewers, uh, I get on my bike Saturday morning and I go out there. The boardwalk there and back is six miles. When I say it's a spiritual experience, I mean, I'm not dissociating from my body, but I feel such humility, I'm in and off. And that's what I mean by spirituality as it relates to information age wellness. It is my connection, whether I'm connecting with God, whether I'm connecting with the ocean that I'm seeing, or whether I'm just so grateful for being alive and being able to bike ride on that particular morning. Yes. And I, I absolutely agree. And I think that's the beautiful part of spirituality. It's, it's, you pick, pick your, pick your choice here. Do you want to believe in God? Do you want to believe in a super consciousness? People have heard, do you want to believe in karma and your actions? Yes. There's so many different options. And I think back in, you know, 200, 250 years ago, it was more just, we leaned on religion. And now we've just evolved a little bit. You know, Nietzsche said a hundred years ago, you know, God is dead. And that's a conversation for another time here. But the, the key of this is, is being able to manage your material world, being able to manage your inner world, and now adding this other concept of this, uh, you called it, uh, you know, I, I believe you always called the digital world, or I forget, forget how you call it, but the, this other tech, technological world that's basically like another layer of this. And I think people are using spiritual techniques to really um, manage this whole process because like we said about attention before, if, if you don't learn to manage your own attention, the media companies are going to do it for you. These companies employ, <laughs> yes, they are. I didn't realize this, Dr. News. They're employing psychologists. They're employing uh, behavioral experts whose yes. sole function is to increase user engagement, which means all they're doing is trying to use conditioning techniques to reinforce consumer behaviors to make the, the company money. So the algorithm thing, they're getting you chase and chase and chase. All of these things are designed to consume your attention. That is the new thing. So I think if you don't control your own attention, let's say for me, I would say I was very much one of these kids. I did not, I cannot sit for 30 seconds by myself on the train. 
I use meditation. My little cousins who say, Scott, what are you, what are you doing? I can't, I can't sit and meditate. I say, listen, sit with your thoughts. You could journal. You can do, there's so many different options that you just have to throw a bunch of stuff at walls. I tend to get more towards uh, Hinduism, for example. Some people don't want to touch that. Fine. Whatever works for you is the thing. You have to do something to combat all of this. It's not easy. Um, but if you don't control your attention, you, they will control it for you. And you know you are what your thoughts are. And you are where your attention is. So if your attention is on what Sally down the block has, she has a nice body. She has a thousand followers on Instagram, blah, 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 blah. You're going to be thinking about this stuff all night. You're going to get eaten alive. Right. So, but when it, exactly. And when it comes to information age wellness, the understand what you just said uh, of humility and self-preservation. And again, I've said this many times and uh, is put the devices down, turn it off. Obviously everything in moderation is what it's all about. I'm not anti uh, technology. I am not anti social media. I mean, goodness gracious, Every other day, I, I post my ridiculous educational images for teachers and schools and whatever. So I am pro-technology, but what I'm not, uh, I do not support is how technology is, is causing us to disconnect from ourselves. And how is that doing it? Going back, when I saw all those kids looking at their little mobile phones, instead of talking to one another, that's when I realized what's going to happen 50, 100, a couple of centuries down the road. Are things going to change? Uh, I think it is, Dr. News, because now I, I know we always get a little fatal on this, but th this is what, what, what happened. I, I just dug deep on this. And what's going on is there is this constant stress stimuli going on that these um, social media platforms are trying to create. Mm -hmm. What those are doing is depleting our reserves of compassion, empathy, and like you said, humility. So we're becoming numbed, almost like anesthetized, the depressed, whatever. There's an emotional depletion. And I think what it's getting us to like almost act more erratically to not, we already said, not pay attention, feel more stressed out. And just, I think the whole key behind it is trying to get us to buy stuff because, you know, when you feel stressed, what do you want to do? You want to go buy hey, something? Hey, I'm there's, gonna, you there's know? What you just said, there's actually a term I didn't come up with. I don't know who actually came out. It's called the disinhibition effect, Ooh. where when you spend time online, you slowly become disinhibited. And again, you don't necessarily become drunk, but we know if you have a couple of shots of tequila, you, you start to get disinhibited. So, but they believe there's this disinhibition effect online. So, you know, what I'm asking folks to do is to, again, you know, those in the fitness industry, those that are working in, in the health industry is to begin in terms of dealing with your clients, your customers, your consumers is understand, is this individual getting up and spending their entire waking lives online? You know, it's, it's being willing to, to ask about that. And in your, you know, however you develop, whether again, Whatever your methodology is in terms of dealing with the public, it's understanding that most of them, from the moment they get up to the moment they go to sleep, they are online and dealing with social media or information technology in some way, manner, or form. And you said something important there. You said, you know, the companies, right? The people at the top have to get on board here because I think that this culture has become so hustle and bustle. Let's move and shake and work 20 hours. A day. Okay, it's great. But, and, and the, the value system here, I, I, I've seen it with people. It's more about this. It's about your clout, they call it, right? It's about this certain persona that you have. It's about money. It's about almost fame in a way with the Instagram. And it's like, I think there has to be a- If a, I may, influencer. Yeah, yeah influencer, <laughs> right? Right, that's what people- 
get, get out of here. It's it's the values, I think, just have to be rearranged. And I, I guess it would start at the top and people like us talking about this. But for me, I come back to, to the rationality of the Egyptians, the pharaohs. They called it the logos, right? It's the rationality. It's common sense. It's pragmatism. And now, you know, for we are the the, the, the country that's kind of getting laughed at about this stuff. I, I think it, it does come from the tone at the top and people have to stop focusing so much on money. Now, my question to you, Dr. Nuch, is how, at what point do people have this change? Because to me, it seems that we don't change unless something dramatic happens for an, in a negative way. Well, it's unfortunate as, as part of it, whether you're an American, whether you say, you know, is we, we tend to respond to drat when something major happens is then we stop, we take pause and we think about it. But what I'm asking for folks is, is to not allow that to happen. Obviously, we're not going to talk about cyber terrorism today. We're not going to talk about, you know, some country shutting down the entire network, you know. What I'm talking about is beginning to think about, if we think about information age wellness, you're, you're, you're thinking about self-preservation and humility. Now, obviously with self-preservation, now, as we said, with the disinhibition effect, the more time you spend online, it begin, you become lackadaisical and mm -hmm. you become, you, your, your risk potential, you know, goes up. So self-preservation uh, is how do you take care of yourself? Okay. And that covers any, anywhere from publishing sexually themed content online, all the way to internet addiction, where you were online gaming 16, 18 hours a day, or you're spending so much time online that you begin to experience anxiety and fear if you lose your mobile device, nomophobia. So those are just aspects of information age wellness that we, we have to take into consideration. So for, for the folks that are going to watch this today is to ask yourself, how much time do you spend online? And that right there will tell you whether or not it's time to turn off the device and go outside and go dancing, go out to dinner, go, you know, you know, as you were saying, the Verrazano Bridge, go to the, the boardwalk is get out there and, and do stuff that, you know, and, and what's amazing, Scott, the fact that I'm saying this, I'm kind of embarrassed because, you know, your viewers are going to be like, what is this guy, an idiot? Of course I go outside. But I am telling you, I have volunteered since 2010 after working on the weekend. And I would say I've helped quite a few people. It's all confidential. It's all free volunteer. I don't take any data. I don't remember anything. But I can tell you a significant percentage as the years have gone on when I ask are spending more and more time online. And doctors, I'll tell you right now, nobody's, I mean, maybe some people are thinking that not, uh, not, you'd be surprised how many emails I get from people just saying, you know, I just feel like dis disengaged, uh, alienated, bur burnt yes. out. And the first question I asked them, uh, how much are you on the phone? How much are you not doing something that's disconnecting yourself? Now you can read a book if you'd like, do something, you have to be out, even be outside, just do something. And, right. and what's popping up, is this conversation of authenticity. I look deep down because I've been doing, having a lot of philosophers on the show. And this is like what I think we're missing in this is the, is the missing piece of this, because I feel like you're being sold a fake bag of goods to have connection with people through social media. When in reality, there's nothing like, I mean, you were, this isn't social media, right? But I think in reality, when me and you go have lunch at LMB in a couple of weeks, that will be a more fulfilling experience. And it will even be more, it will even be more memorable. And I think people, think that you're getting connection. Oh, I'm talking to my friends and it, you're not getting that. Like we are, 
we are wired this way. Like by, there's no match now. So you have, we're wired this way thousands and thousands of years. And you think that, you know, your phone and, and the, the likes you're getting and, and taking this, this, this stab of serotonin, cause you, you know, you have this picture up, it's going to, it's filling something that's unattainable. Like you just want more and more and more and more. And I don't know how people could, can get that unless by, by just, like you said, just getting rid of it. Well, and it's, it's either, I don't want to say necessarily get rid of it. You don't want to get rid of the, you know, the, the iPhone, the Android and all the wonderful stuff, mm-hmm. TikTok, you know, but it, it is first making yourself as an individual for yourself. Okay. Again, uh, me being the, you know, the creator uh, of a theory that deals with cyber, you know, all this other stuff, also doing the volunteer work that I do also, you know, in my day job, working with the chronically mentally ill I do get some of the respite because the vast majority of the adults I work with, uh, they do not use technology. Uh, then again, you know, with each year that passes, slowly but surely, the schizophrenic, the schizoaffective, the, the, the psychotic uh, are beginning, you know, as they age and, you know, are, are using technology. But presently, the vast majority of the patients that I work with do not use technology. I would say... Of my 45 patients, three of them uh, have Facebook accounts and they rarely use it. Um, Many of them have mobile devices, but they don't really know how to use it. Uh, So for me, it's refreshing that when I'm talking with them, I'm not dealing with technology, but Hmm. all of my notes are on and I'll give a a shout out to therapy notes. Uh, Not that I know anybody, but that is our electronic medical records. So from the time I'm there, I'm talking to patients. And then once I'm done with them for about an hour and a half, I'm doing all you know, electronic notes. So for myself, not so much from the time I get up to the time I go to sleep, I'm online. Uh, I don't, I hate to say, even they make fun of me at work, some of the nurses. Um, I don't wanna say I'm anti-mobile device, but the, the only folks that call me on is when they need Dr. Nutritelli when it's an emergency. Otherwise, when I go for bike rides, I don't carry my mobile device unless I'm bike riding somewhere mm-hmm. new in case I get lost. Yeah. But outside of that, I don't want to say I'm anti-mobile device, but I certainly don't carry it with me everywhere I go. And I think even like a tip that I never even thought of, one of, uh, one of my, my guests does this, and he just seems to be a very chill guy. Shout out to, to, to Todd Spires, but like just taking the app off your phone. So just you don't have to go on Instagram. You can still have your Instagram. Just log into in the day. When you go on your computer and log it in at night when you, and I've been doing that. And I just, I'm only on Instagram. Thank God. Uh, but like, it, it, it's like a weight has been lifted. And I was trying, I, I, I always, you know, me doctors, I think there's two pieces to this that, that I want to talk to you about. It's like being self-aware, like getting more in touch with like who you are, what you are doing. I think there's a disconnect there. And then this other piece of being compassionate to others and to yourself. For me, these are things I struggle with. This voice in my head, especially when you're comparing and you're seeing all this stuff and liking, oh, who's liking the, the, the podcast, all this stuff. It's just a torture. And I learned, uh, there's a couple studies done um, in Stanford. I have this up here. Dr. Robert Schaffin from Stanford did a, a meta-analysis. I'll post this up there for everybody that self-compassion can function at a higher level. It improves confidence. It reduces stress. It builds resilience. So um, it seems that the self-compassion is almost the direct opposite of what social media puts you through, which for me, I was like, wow. So I've been working on that this week. And I'm like, wow, like just talking to yourself like in a better way and not being so because that be that perfectionist and you just want you to be perfect. And yet you have that. And it's just you're playing a game that you can't win. 
Right. Well, I mean, again, I will talk Adler, where I got my doctor degree, who I subscribe to, you know, is that we come into this world, we go out of this world. And what we're first and foremost, we are pack animals. We are social creatures. We, we, We survive and we thrive in groups. So Adler believed from the moment we're born to the moment we go, you know, to the netherworlds, we are looking to be validated, to be accepted and to be part of a group. So keeping that in mind, when you take into consideration social media and being connected, the opposite is happening. It's causing us to disconnect. And what people are doing is they look to social media, they look to their online lives, their online presence to see if they're getting likes, to see if they're being appreciated, to seeing if they're getting validated. And, and this is the problem. And I, and I believe with the Z generation, far younger than me and a lot younger than you is for them. And it's only going to get worse unless we do something. The prepubescent and the pubescent child, the early teens to teens is when they go through puberty. Okay. That is when identity formation begins. We all have gone through this. The child slowly, you know, uh, moves away from the parents and the family, the primary caregivers, and then moves into peer group. That's what happens during the teen. And then once they get to, we get to our late teens and our early 20s, then we are supposed to individuate and become ourselves. But the, the, the adolescent years, as I said, is when the peer group is most important. And that is when uh, individuates, the personality is really beginning to set. Now, if I'm spending my life online and I'm relying on what, you know, Others are saying about me online, and that's impacting my my self-identity, my identification, my self-esteem. Well, if I'm not getting pats on the back all the time, all of a sudden, I'm starting to get angry, and I'm just going to start to have self-image issues. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, like you see what we're saying here, there's so much work to do, and so much that you have to be really aware of. We have to, we want to be naturally and inclined to be a part of a herd, but as Adler said, as Young said, you have to kind of start individuating yourself in, in your 20s. And what I found is a balance, right? I love to be alone, but I love to go see yes. my cousins and have that, that connection. I think people need to understand you have to have both of these things. You have to be, you have a connection, have your team, have your group, you know, do whatever kind of stuff you do healthily. But at the same point, you have to be able to sit with yourself, sit with your thoughts to really align your values, because then you'll just be told by everybody else what, what to do. Um, even if it's your, your parents, like that's the way I was until I was 25. I, I, I did everything my mother said, doctor, shit, make, make a million dollars for me, get married to a nice Italian girl, I'll build a house. I, I did it. I said, Ma, this doesn't, this doesn't feel, ah, you'll be fine. And, you know, you end up getting, your body starts telling you like th- things are off here. And I think you see this. With I see it with my friends. They get married. They they just oh I'm I'm thirty. It's time to get married. Who said that? That's not. There's a lot of there's so many layers now that we're aware of. It could be overwhelming. Now what do you what what do people do here to to kind of if if just what's what's the the best step, Doctor Nush? Um, one little step in the right direction. What, what do we do? One little step is common decency. Being I hate to say I know this You're sounds right. ridiculous. It's being nice to folks. Yeah. You know, being respectful, you know, I mean, every day, I mean, obviously the ebb and throw of, of you know, of our, our mind, you know, some days are better than, but you can always be a decent individual. You can always be courteous to be compassionate, to give a damn about what's going on with, with those around you. You know, the proverbial is open the door for somebody, whether it's a female or it's a man, it is 
being courteous and it's practicing that. I mean, research shows that people that are compassionate live longer, have lower rates of, you know, uh, of all the bad things that can potentially happen. It is being compassionate. It's giving a damn about your fellow man, your fellow, you know, others and caring. And I think if people looked closely at what they did, because I, I had this little test a couple of weeks ago, I just ran through like, what makes you so happy? I was just, just going down, going through my value chart, trying to realign. And the one thing that just made my day, I thought about it and I started crying. I was just helping this, um, this big gentleman in my gym with just some stuff. And he, now he's my friend. And it's just like, it's so meaningful that people don't look at people like people anymore. And it's like, even I was doing that. I'm like, I was, you know, I'm the big tough guy in the gym. Don't bother me. Cause I gotta get focused and mind muscle connection. I'm like, yeah, who the fuck am I? So humility, cause that's something I need. Dot. And there's a little, just a little bit more humility, but uh-huh. just seeing how, like, I couldn't believe how happy I made somebody. And like that gave me like a feeling that it, it, there's nothing better than nothing, nothing better. The women, the booze, the Coke, the drugs, all of that. It does. It doesn't even match up. Just simply being nice to somebody. Right. Yeah. And under information age wellness, it's understanding we live at the beginning of a period of history that's going to last centuries. And as I've said, when we, we've talked before, what we're, we're starting to be introduced to are the, the concepts of virtual reality and artificial intelligence. A hundred years from now, the entire human condition is gonna be very different than it is right now. We think we're so advanced right now with technology. We're not even, we are living in the, you know, in the wild, wild west compared to you know, what it's going to be like a century down the road. So it's what I'm asking is for folks to understand now it is beginning to understand in, in relationship to technology. Does your self-esteem come from you and your loved ones or does your self-esteem come from your social media and how many likes and how many pluses or hearts or whatever you get when you're online? Yeah, no. And, and now listen, let's, let's take 50 years in the future. We're in the metaverse. Me and Dr. Nutra doing this in the metaverse now. Do you <laughs> think that, that the, I mean, by that point, there's going to have to be regulations on this stuff, right? You can't be having people jump into another world and being flying around and doing all that stuff without, because like you said, Wawa West, th- this is, I feel like people are going to look back at this time, 50, 100 years from now and go, we could have just tweaked some things and had a little bit more regulation on this. Yes. I'm, I'm hoping someday my, well, I don't know, you know, 50, 100 years, I predator, it deals with cyber, you know, but w- w- the reason why I came up with iPredator, which is, you know, the dark side of cyberspace is because we're living at the beginning of a period of history of the information age where people can treat each other, which is such vitriol and literally, and again, I don't use uh, evil lightly, but literally can be evil to one another online. And it just amazes me how how we treat one another, you know, whether, you know, we we disagree on ideology, whether we have different politics, whether we we break up with that person that we thought we loved six months ago. Now we're posting those sexual images that she sent me. This is how crazy it's gotten when it comes to information technology and social media. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was I was just reading something. I was reading the study on overweight girls and how they react to certain things. I just didn't, for me, I never, when, when do I put myself in the mind of a, of an overweight young teenage girl? And they were just going through like, what a little emoji, like 
or one of the say, uh, one of the like, oh, your gross emojis, and what that does to them on a psychological level. Oh my god! It's yeah. such a it's it, it like bugged me because I'm like, oh my god! Imagine somebody say that to me. I would I, would, I can't stand this. Thank God right. people. Thank God there's nobody crapping on the cause and the effect Instagram, Doctor Nushka. <laughs> please nobody do that. But um, no, it's it, it's just scary stuff. Now here's another thing I want to ask you. Isn't it interesting that I feel like this the the hard sciences have really sped up in the last 40 to 50 years. And sure. now, now it seems that social sciences are starting to catch up and not even like catch up like, oh, they're here. It's almost like they're they're necessary and needed. Why are we talking about psychology more? Why are we talking about philosophy more? Why are we talking about all these things? I think there's going to be a big balance to offset the power of the dark side of the web. Almost. There, ha- there has, well, that's yeah. what you and I are doing right now. Yeah. Not to shoot our horns causing the effect. Hopefully we cause it. Boom. it it's not being done. It's psychology, sociology. Again, um, what I did when I before I wrote Information Age Wellness over the course of a year, I went and in the course of they never knew, I had asked PhDs, JDs, medical doctors in my travels through work and stuff. I think I got 45 or 46 in my little mini internal study. I had asked each of them in in our conversations is when you have a new patient or client come in, you know, and you're doing what's called a biopsychosocial or data collection, you're, you're, you're getting data, you know, what, what, what's your problem? You know, why are you here to see me essentially biopsychosocial data collection? Not one of them, again, this was 10 years ago of 46 not one of them asked the individual, the patient, the client about their cyber life on what they were doing online. Now, mind you, this was 10 years ago, but still, even back then, this was also around the same time. I saw that that group of kids out there, you know, the majority of them playing with their mobile devices. Mm-hmm. And here I'm asking my fellow professionals, you know, do they ask about it? And not one individual uh, had asked would ask as part of data collection. Jesus Christ. Now, now you would know, but this better than me. Cause I haven't, you know, I, I do checkups here and there as a, you know, as a, as a kid, as a guy, but I'm pretty healthy. Like with young kids and you're going to a doctor, is there mental checkups happening? Like, like why is there a physical checkup and not a mental checkup? I, again, I don't know of a P, a so pediatricians weird. that do a, a mental status exam, but even with a pediatrician, I mean, what, what they're starting to find out is that the kids that are doing so much online gaming and bent over, I don't know the actual name of it, but a lot of these kids are, I hate to use the term hunchback, but because they're spending so much time, you know, like this, they're starting to get pains and having issues. When you're sitting and you're online gaming and you're spending hours on it and you're not outside exercising or, or, or doing anything related to sports, well, what are we seeing? We're starting to see that children are becoming increasingly obese. Now, obesity in this country has been an issue for decades, but it's only becoming worse because all of us, not just children, are spending all of our time online, sitting on our ass and doing something, whether it be by desktop or walking, we're certainly not running when we're using our, our mobile devices. Nope. That's it, man. Dr. Nooch, anything else you want to talk about or bring up or anything with information oh, no. age? Dude, this was so such a good one. And, and I still remember for people who um, me and Dr. Nooch did an episode. I remember what I think was the, the, the types of um, the, the type. I forgot what it was, but we we're talking about the gaming. It's about the gaming. At that point, we were in the middle of COVID. 
And Dr. Nucci, you know, I didn't talk about this that much, but I was like a little addicted there for a second. I was banging out 30, 35 hours a week. And that really changed the game for me. Cause now I'm like, have it set seven hours a week. You could play an hour a day. You could play on the weekend, whatever. And it's just, you just, I just feel more human. Like I, I just felt numb to everything. And now I'm just like, I'm getting my feelings back. And it's so, it's so weird to look at it that way, but it's easy just right. to, even for somebody like me who does this stuff, you know, do the podcast, talk about it. It's um, it's just, it's just so many different layers. So anybody who's, who's looking at this saying, I'm so overwhelmed. How do, where do I start? Do like, like Dr. Newt said, do something good for somebody, but also find what you're really passionate about. If you're passionate about the homeless, go help the homeless. If you're passionate about, uh, you know, ASPCA, go help them. Uh, you know, just do whatever you could to help people. Cause the goal of, of this podcast is, is to be authentic, to be the truest version of yourself. And I, I really appreciate you coming on Dr. Newt. As always, you know, you've always been real with me. I've been real with you. One of my favorite guests, um, YouTube people. I really hope you enjoyed this one. I always love these. Um, hit the like, review, subscribe button, all that good stuff for people listening. Thank you so much for the support. The the growth over the last four or five months um, has been wonderful. And the biggest thank you, Dr. Nooch, again, because you've oh, since, you since the first episode, Dr. Nooch told me I had something. And, you know, for, for honestly, for a guy who doesn't have a father and, and you know, have people in, that, that support this kind of stuff, it means a lot, Dr. Nooch. So thank you so much. Cheers. And it's only going to get bigger, my friend. That's it, babe. We're going to be on. We're going to be on YouTube. Have millions of views. Be like Scott. Remember when we did this like ten years ago? It's yeah. going to be crazy. But um, that's it, people. Thank you so much. As always, stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye.